just get into the Word. I got just a little bit of um, uh, church business that uh, we want to uh, just uh, address this morning. Um, I wanted to do that so I have a chance to be recorded. And for those who are not here listening by, and you're listening by podcast this morning, just wanted to catch you guys up to date. Uh, many of you have noticed that in the uh, parking lot as you drove in, there's a, a building all of a sudden where your favorite parking spot was and you can no longer park there, uh, which has brought up some questions. And, and that those are excellent questions. What we want to try and do is, is um, kind of catch you up to speed. As you may have noticed, if you've been here a while, we don't do congregational votes on things, um, but that doesn't mean that our congregation is not important as, uh, in, the, in the process. And we want to kind of keep you up to speed, and I love the fact that uh, many of you have come and ch- chatted with me and asked some pretty, pretty um, excellent questions. Uh, what I want to do is I figured if some of, some of you have those questions and others do as well, and we want to just take a quick minute to, to answer some of those. Um, some, what you see outside here, there's uh, the, the portable building is for our kids' church ministry. Um, our kids, you keep having them, uh, so we've got to do something to create space for them. Uh, there's they, they uh, there's more on the way, and uh, if if you've ever you know gone downstairs and checked out some of those classrooms, they're like sardines, just packed in there. And our teachers have been uh, been really great about it, but we wanted we wanted the best for them. Uh, some of you have asked, why didn't you use the house right next door? It's right there. Why did you go and spend money on, on this building? Uh, the, the answer to that is a, a couple of years ago, we decided that the house wasn't going to um, uh, fit in with um, where we were going. We thought about it then as, a, as an option for kids ministry, but it involved kids crossing the parking lot and your children's safety is our utmost concern. So once we realized that, and then we realized as well that we would have to change our septic system and upgrade a whole bunch of stuff, the cost to keep that house would be more expensive than to do what we're doing now. So two years ago, we decided that we would move it. It's just taken some time for that to actually happen. But it will be moved. They keep telling us the end of the month. That's been um, 23 months and counting. But it will, uh, it will be moved. Uh, and we will create some extra parking lot there. So it'll be nice and close for you. Um, some have asked, well, if we needed space, why did we spend money there and not start building a new building? Uh, a couple reasons for that. Number one, we're building a, a building for the kids who aren't the, the biggest financial contributors in the church. So, uh, but they are the greatest need at this point. Uh, and we realized that at that time, uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, that we don't want to just build a building because that's what the next step as a church is. Let's, oh, you know, you get to this many people, now you build a building. Uh, we believe that, you know, we haven't done things by the book uh, uh, as far as we've come, and we want to remain in that place. I, I just believe that we want to seek the um, Holy Spirit and seek what His, um, His uh, leading is for us as a church. That's a big part of Monday night. That's why we, would, we want you to be there with us. Uh, we believe that it just as He drops in our hearts where we are to be as a church, uh, we're going to follow that out. Saturday night services, same way. It just started that way. Uh, if you're like, hey, I, I, I need some space, check out Saturday nights. You know, it's a great, great opportunity um, as well um, for growth. So that's kind of one of the thoughts. Um, are we considering a building? Yes, we are, but it, it, we're considering that uh, in, in the attitude of prayer. We're not sold on the fact that that is going to be the next thing unless he confirms that in our hearts that that's where we're headed. Um, we believe, God, that we're not here to build Kingsway. We're here to build his kingdom, that he is invested in building his church. And we believe that that is our mission here, to be a part of building the church, which is you. It's not buildings. It's none of that stuff. We want financially to be good stewards of that. So if you have questions, please feel free to come talk to myself or any of those names mentioned on the back of the bulletin. Uh, friendly people who can uh, hopefully keep you up to speed on that. Uh, and I just, again, want to just make sure that you kind of are on that, on that same page with 
with us as where we're heading um, as a church. If you have questions because of this, come talk to me after. We'd love to, um, we'd love to help you out uh, in that. And as we go forward, we'll definitely have some, just some town hall meetings. We'll get the family together, have some pizza or something, and just let's talk about where we're going from here because we are going there. It's not just, hey, the, those guys up front are doing whatever. We are. Uh, as a family. So, and, and you know, I want to say thank you for doing church, being church with us. Um, it, it's our privilege, as always, Beth and I, too, to be a part of this. Have the best job in the world. I know you might think you do, but you don't. I do. Uh, and it's, it's getting to spend time uh, being with you, doing life with you, and reaching the world with you. So, th- thank you for that. Uh, and I just want to say thank you for your generosity. You guys are incredibly um, um, giving for a, for a smaller church. Uh, you guys are, you know, you, you, I just want to say thank you for that. I believe a great blessing in your life as a result. So, um, but um, yeah, that's enough of that. So we'll cut and we'll get, to the, we'll get to the good stuff this morning. If you got your Bibles, just uh, grab them out. Um, we're going to take a look at a couple things this morning. Um, last week, uh, last week, I apologize for last week's, uh, well, not really, but last week's sermon would have failed in uh, my Bible school classes. I would have got an F for that kind of a sermon, for sure. Um, but just saying, you know, sending the shotgun approach out there, that Holy Spirit was able to um, speak to people. Yeah, I realize that there are no perfectly crafted sermons that are going to do it. And uh, I'm glad to hear that because I got emails and texts back afterwards saying, you know, a few of those bullets really hit me. Uh, and, and my hope again this morning is that it would be the exact same as, uh, thought as that, that just Holy Spirit would speak to you. When he gets you there, uh, allow that to be uh, something you take real note of in your life. If he's going to drop it in your heart for a reason, it's for a reason. And to, uh, to grab onto that, um, I think if I could describe last week, um, I've, I've been a follower of Jesus for probably most of my life. The first few years, not by choice. My parents made me. Um, and uh, we went to church um, up to three times on a Sunday. They were like hardcore. Uh, and I didn't enjoy all of that, uh, I'll admit. Um, but there's a, there's a spot in my life where I decided to follow Jesus uh, for myself and and in that time frame, ever since then, there's been this idea of prayer that I learned in, a, in church that as, um, as I got to this place in my life now where, where just looking at it again with just a different view that God's just changing in my heart. What I've always thought about prayer last week, you, you know, it was probably the week where it's, it got to the spot of this is what I believe about prayer. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I don't know anymore. We used to pray for people for healing and, and you know, that's, that's almost never mentioned in the Bible. And I was like, whoa, wait a second here. Something's, something's different. And I went through this spot of, I don't, I lost whatever that foundation of, of thinking. And uh, I'm on my way to here where I believe that he's leading me to what it is. I'm somewhere in the middle right now, just growing in that. Um, I want to share with you some, this morning some thoughts that, that uh, he's dropping in my heart this week about prayer. And, and I want to leave it at that. I, I, I believe that he's calling us to be a church of prayer. Uh, I did not feel that uh, previously uh, to the same extent, but I believe it now more than ever that he's calling us as individuals and corporately as a church to be a church that really prays, not just prays, that effectively prays, that sees the power of God working and uh, able, because he is. I just love, man, with Pete, what you're reading, like, uh, it, get, text me that scripture verse. I just want to stay in that, our eyes open to who God is, just who he really is. As he reveals himself, man, it, it, when you know who's on your side, Boy, that just gives you a whole lot of uh, swagger, you know? So that's where I want to encourage you to grab onto that. You know, maybe it came across in a way that you weren't comfortable with. Doesn't matter, man. That's like the word of God that's for you this morning. Grab onto it. 
don't, uh, don't allow that to, to be out of this, um, be, kind of get lost in it this morning. I believe that was definitely for us as a church. And to, uh, with prayer, just to connect with that God as he's revealing himself, to connect with him, God of the impossible, um, to connect with him. His word is amazing. Uh, we've talked about that. There's, oh. um, his word is uh, full of money today. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, it's somebody else's money, though. Uh, Dad, it's for you. You can pick it up after service. Um, but it's, it's amazing, uh, and, and there's something about that to realize that what we're about to read is written from heaven to you. Would you just have just that, the open heart to receive that this morning? Uh, last week, we just looked at how the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't really know what we're doing, but would you teach us? And he said, sure, I will. I'll teach you. And we looked at James 5, 16, where it just talked about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. And there's no question about who's righteous this morning, not after that. You know, you're, you're righteous. So the effective, fervent prayer of you, a, a righteous child of God, it says that that continuous working prayer makes mighty power available. We need that. We need it more than ever. Um, and, and I believe I want to see that uh, as well. So I'm going to just drop a couple thoughts. We have one thing we're going to do um, a little bit later, but um, uh, as we just take a look at this, would you just, just open your heart to this this morning? Um, number one, I just want to uh, let you know that the enemy is uh, completely against your prayer life. Completely against. So right now, just count on the fact that he's going to try and distract you with, oh, what time is it? Oh, how many more minutes? Oh, did I have breakfast this morning? Oh, I wonder what kind of cake we're having. Oh, you know, um, uh, oh man, my cell phone. Oh, somebody texted me in the back row. Uh-huh. So um, I, I'm telling you, that's the enemy. You're like, how does Satan work in the church? Uh, he does. You know, it's probably not him uh, uh, specifically, but he's got his minions that are, that are working. And why? Because you know what? Like you look at, you look at war. Anytime there's war and anytime there's a battle, it's the lines of communication that are the first to be attacked. The, the communication. If you can shoot the carrier pigeons back in the day, that was the thing you went for, right? If you can get them, you can cut off all of their allies that are going to come to help them. You know, in Call of Duty, if you're playing there, it's trying to bust out those communication stations. Bomb those first. That way you can whoop all those other guys and then the zombies that come after that, right? But it's this idea of get communication first. Prayer, simply just that communication back and forth with heaven. If he can cut that in your life, and I'm guaranteeing you he's trying. Maybe he's been completely successful in your life. But then we say, we're going to fight. Not going to sit side, uh, on the side. We're not going to realize that it's the subtleties uh, that he may be dropping in our lives. We're just we're in. We're game on. Let's go. You know the weapons of our warfare are mighty and they're powerful, and we're going to take on the enemy in the spiritual realm. We are, and we're going to do it through this thing called prayer. Uh, sometimes we don't realize and we think, ah, you know, is it pointless? No, it's powerful. Sorry for no. I don't know where that's. Uh, anyways, prayer, prayer. He's after it. He's going to try and distract and destroy, including this morning. Uh, second thought, just that prayer is, is a relationship-building communication with your Father in heaven. I looked at that. He said, when you pray, talk to Dad. <laughs> it's this idea of saying, our Father, Dad in heaven. You know, it says, hallowed be your name. That's not his name. What he's saying is, his name is separate. That's what holy means. It's, it's separate. It's altogether different than everything else you know. When he says, hey, you be holy as I am holy, he's saying, hey, you be separate from the world. Don't be perfect. You can't be. That's not what he's asking. He's saying, be separate. Look different uh, than the rest of the world. He's saying, because that's how I am. I'm completely different than what you may have perceived. And to, to get to know dad through the, this relationship, it's through prayer. It's not through a, a, a mantra or some memorized words. It's not through even saying, well, I learned the Lord's prayer and I quote it every day. He's saying it's, it's, it's this, and we learned that last week. He says it's about this genuine two-way conversation with God. 
for a lot of us, prayer is like a voicemail. You know, you call God, and it's like, it's a need-to-know basis, right? I got a need, he needs to know. All right, so hey, God, hey, um, you know, I'm going through this. Really could use my visa bill paid, and uh, if you could, just drop that check off at my mailbox for Ravine Crescent, and uh, whenever you have time, thank you. Okay, God, it's a little busier now. I mean, it's closer day. You know, I really need that money. I really need that. I'm really kind of whatever. I got to go. Okay, you take care of it. Good, thanks, bye. And, and we leave it at that. Prayer becomes a spot of drop and, 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 and go. Uh, and he's saying there's something more than that. He wants this heart-to-heart communication to take prayer past what it is of just this, this idea of let God know what, what our needs are, but to say, God, what's happening between us, the two of us? This, uh, this week, we kept celebrating the, um, our 10-year anniversary. Uh, I've been married to the most amazing woman in the world for 10 years, and I'm thankful for, for that to God and to her. Thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's been great. So we celebrated. She, uh, she took me out to dinner um, the week before, and uh, I thought, you know, I'll really surprise her and do absolutely nothing on her anniversary, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll surprise her later. So we did. This week we went out for a, for a day. We were busy. It was crazy. We were camping. Um, so we decided we'd go um, out, and I took her out on a surprise date. And um, uh, as we went, we left here, and we were driving the car, and we were just talking. And then we get to um, Sunflower Cafe, and we have lunch there, and we're just talking about all kinds of stuff, the kids and life, and, you know, talking about our thoughts of God and our thoughts of prayer. And, just, and then we got back in the car and drove to, to Niagara-on-the-Lake, and we're talking all the way along there. It, just, it, it, it was great. Then we get to Niagara-on-the-Lake, and we wander around, and we sit in Starbucks, and we're talking, and then we pick up the newspaper, like, man, nothing. I just want to talk to her. I, and I start realizing the more how much I absolutely love this woman. Went back to our hotel, got dressed, and went headed over to the keg over the Falls View, and uh, if... Uh, Guys, take your wives there. I mean, amazing, amazing spot and reasonably cheap on Expedia. So if you, um, if you uh, get a chance. So we're, we're sitting there and we're chatting, you know, about steak for a minute, but then about life and, and what uh, God's doing in our hearts and our lives and just enjoying that. And then I gave her a family ring, a.k.a. the No More Children ring. It only has so many stones. And, and it, was, um, it, it was good. And, and then uh, we headed back and thought, all we really wanted, when we said, what do we want to do on this trip? Let's just go somewhere and sleep. Because it's, it's, this, it's something we just don't get anymore. With two kids under the age of two, one in our room, it's like, uh, it just, you'd sleep is so far, few and far between. But we sat there, and we chatted, and we, by midnight, we're like, oh, we got to stop talking. We can talk tomorrow. Let's just, let's just go to sleep. And, and, and the next day, driving and, and talking again. And then we end up at um, uh, dinner at that, that evening. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, she's silent. And I was like, uh, hon, was it like a bad date? You're like really quiet. She's like, I just run out of things to say. I've run out of things to talk about with you. And I'm like, wow, that's terrible. She's like, it's not a problem when you feel so comfortable with somebody that you can just be silent with them. Just being with each other. It's like, man, you know what? It's so true. When you get to that spot of just realizing that this relationship is just me with you. We're doing life together. We're enjoying just life with you. I realized as I thought and been studying prayer that there's those times like that with God that he just absolutely desires of us. That there's this conversation going back and forth and it's just, there's nothing else uh, distracting that at all until you, until you get to the place where it can be like, hey, you know what, God, we've talked about it all, but I just want to be with you. It talks about people like that in the Bible. Like Moses, he would talk to God in the tent and he'd leave and says Joshua would just hang out there sit there. He wasn't even talking to God, but he just sat outside the temple just to, uh, about the, uh, as the tabernacle, just to be in the presence of God. It's not to rush away so quickly. Prayer. It's just communication with God. You know, there's a couple types of prayer. You know, there's that one you're like, well, I realize that we do that once a year-ish. <laughs> Maybe a couple more times. Want to go out later? 
all right? But um, there's, uh, there's other types as well. Many of you are more familiar with the kind of the rifle shot prayer, just like, oh, God, I need something right now, and send a quick prayer to God. You know, I know that that happens in our family as well. With four kids running around, there's most of the time, Beth and I, our conversations are just like one sentence. And it's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. What are you doing this afternoon? Okay, good. Yes, I will make sure I'm here to watch our children. You can go there. And we're planning. We're going. And we're good. Then we come back. and like, okay, how'd that go? Yeah, whoa, what did I do? What did, what did I miss? Okay, you know, I'm back again. And, and it's a lot of these quick types of prayers. I can tell you something. Um, you know, maybe I can ask you this question. How many of you would say, you know what, I'm much better at that kind of prayer? God and me, it's like, I'll talk to him, you know, pray before meals. You know, if I come up against a tough thing, I'll, I'll shoot a quick prayer to God. How many of you say, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at? Nobody. Oh, okay. It's all right. It's all right. We're, we're all friends. No one's judging. How many of you are like, no, I'm more the type A personality. I'm going to do my devotions in the morning. I'm going to spend that 20 minutes with God. I, I'm there. I get right into it. And then, you know, 20 minutes later after I'm finished there, I get into life and I face a hardship. I totally forget what I did back then. But, you know, I don't pray then. I got, I'm just, I'm, I'm man it up. I'm going to do it myself. Anybody like that? More like that? Any of you just suck at prayer altogether? You're like, I barely pray. Some? Yeah. You know what? I, I, it's... And some of you just raise your hand for nothing? Sweet, they do work. I just like, okay. Um, I know, it's like, oh, jeez, what's he asking? What's he going to ask next? Um, You know what, as I've I've met with people, you know, especially in marriage counseling and uh, pre-marriage counseling, um, they they send out this report, you know, are you a Christian? Yes. How many, do you regularly read your Bible? You know, yes, no, sometimes. Do you regularly pray? Yes, no, sometimes. You'd be amazed at how many of those come back as no. Never. Prayer just isn't one of these things that's, that's primary in our lives. And yet, Jesus lived his life out of it. You know, we don't always have the time to be in this mode of, I'm just so spiritual, I'm in prayer all the time. Don't talk to me. I'm in prayer. Don't play video games. I'm in prayer. I'm in this constant communication. It's just not normal. But there is this thought of saying, I'm going to spend a set-aside time with God and live my life out of that time. That the things I pray about, just spending time with Dad, that out of that I live my day, and there's times where just a rifle shot prayer uh, based on what he's doing in my heart. Here's why. Let me take, uh, just going to show you a couple verses this morning. Um, last week we looked at how Jesus spent a lot of time praying. He prayed all night, but he didn't pray all night every night. He just prayed, you know, it says one night he prayed all night. So in Mark chapter 9, um, Jesus, uh, there's a story of a, of a father. He brings th- this son to Jesus, and he says to he says to Jesus, the, the, the story had gone that he said he brought him to the disciples first and said, my son has a demon is trying to kill him. He says it throws him in the water, it throws him in the fire. Hasn't been successful yet, but he's, he's after his life. He says, so I brought him to your disciples and I asked them to cast him out. And they said they tried, but they couldn't. So he's like, I'm bringing him to you. Can you cast him out? And Jesus is like, what do you mean, can I cast him out? I'm God, you know, of course I can. Nothing's impossible for me is what he says. And um, so then he says, he says to the dad, it's up to you. He says, do you believe that I can? And he's like, I believe that you can help my unbelief. Real famous prayer uh, in the Bible. Uh, and it says, you know, it's, it's I believe, help my unbelief. And, and he, says, he prays that and says that to Jesus, which is what prayer is, communication with God. He says that to him. Jesus just cast that demon out. Gone. Done. End of story. Afterwards, in verse 28, Verse 29, the disciples, uh, they, they asked Jesus, like, hey, Jesus, why couldn't we do it? Do we have that? No, it's okay. He says, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we cast out that demon? And he says, that demon only comes out with fasting and prayer. Let me tell you something, though. When you see the story, did Jesus fast and pray before he cast it out? Why not? Because he'd already done it. He'd already downloaded that into his heart, into his spirit. He saw it and knew, and it was like the power was already there. See, this is the part sometimes like, oh, what am I going to have to give up, you know, for, um, 
to, uh, to be able to spend time in prayer with this relationship with God. I talked to somebody last week, and like, I got to give up all this stuff for God. And I was like, listen, you don't realize that the prize far outweighs the other side. A lot of times we get so lost in the fact that as we begin to spend time with our Father, the power of our Father will be evident in our lives to a much greater level. To look at that as the prize, say, God, I want to spend this time with you. I just want to be in that spot with you. Jesus lived his life out of that. Um, and you know what? The Bible says we just looked at it last week, Matthew chapter 6, that what God sees in secret, he rewards openly. That's what happened here with Jesus. What he saw in secret place with Jesus, he rewards openly in that, hey, boom, there's power there to cast this thing out. Then it also says that Jesus prayed some quick prayers. And John chapter 11 tells a story of, Je- of um, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. He's hanging out with his fellows in another town. He gets a message from Mary and Martha that says, hey, Lazarus is sick and he's really sick. We don't think he's going to make it. Please come quick. And Jesus talks to his boys and says, man, nah, we're going to hang out here for a couple days. And they said, okay. Uh, and so they hang out for a couple of days. Then they head back. It says that by the time they get back to where um, Lazarus is, he's already been dead four days. But Jesus says to his disciples on the way, he's like, hey, Lazarus is sleeping. And they're like, oh, good. Then he's going to get better. He's like, okay, knuckleheads, Lazarus is dead. You know, we're going back to wake him up. And Thomas is like, oh, we're just going to go and die with you. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, you have guys have no idea, but let's just go. So he goes back. What tells me right there is that Jesus already knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead before he gets to the place where Lazarus is dead. He already knows it. Time with dad reveals that to him. He gets to this place where, where Lazarus has been dead four days, and he does something really interesting. He prays a prayer, and if you look it up, it's in verse 42 and verse 43. He says he stands in front of the tomb, in front of the grave, in front of the greatest enemy that we all have. He stands in front of that tomb, and he says he begins to pray. One of the few times you see Jesus praying and get to hear what he prays. This is what he prays. He's like, Dad, hey, I know that you hear me all the time. He says, but I'm praying this for everyone else right here who's listening to me right now so that they know that you can hear me. And then he's like, Lazarus, come out of that tomb. And it says he shouts it. Lazarus comes right out of the tomb. Didn't pray that Lazarus would be raised from the dead. Didn't pray that anything was, he just, he said, hey, God, this is for their benefit that's so that you know we already know what's going to happen here and just boom speaks into existence see i think a lot of us what happens is we have this, this this genuine hope for something that we don't really know but we really hope and so we'll kind of speak it out and think that's faith and hope that's faith he says you know what faith is this knowing you don't get that knowing just by asking for it, just by reading you get that knowing by being with dad you don't get it any other way so the thing is just in that spending that time with dad, all of a sudden it begins to generate that stuff and all it takes is a rifle shot prayer to God on raising a dead man. I, I was so challenged by that last week that they weren't praying for sick people, they were just healing them. But it says in, as they went through that, they said the apostles as they walked through, they just said, I saw that that man had faith to be healed. They saw hundreds of men, but they saw this one all of a sudden, whoa, I see faith. All right, be healed in Jesus' name. How do you see that time with dad? All of a sudden you recognize when he's working on someone else's life. and like, whoa, I see it. All right, boom. And speaks into that situation. Jesus did it. The apostles did it. See, prayer isn't meant to change the heart of God. Prayer is simply meant to know the heart of God. A a lot of times I think we feel like prayer is just a thing that we can change what God wants to do or change God's desire or something. You know, in corporate prayer, we're going to have a prayer meeting tomorrow night, you know, for some pretty big things. One of those things, you know, that often happens with prayer meetings for, for, for dire situations is that we think if we can just pray enough, if we can just do enough, if we, we, we can just do more, 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 and we uh, often uh, um, com- uh, compare it 
to like going to, let's say, Great Wolf Lodge or a water park. You know that big bucket that's hanging up at the top of the water park, all the kids terrified of, and all the parents like pushing their kids to it when the bell starts going? It's like the water starts going in there, and as it fills up the top of the bucket, you know, the bell goes and it pours it all out. Sometimes we have this idea, this picture of God in heaven that that's him. He's sitting there with his bucket, and he's like, oh, this, this miracle is going to cost you 1,000 prayers. And you're like, oh, buddy, we got to get our friends praying. we got to get the right people praying. I'm going to pray 10 times. Just keep putting more into that bucket. And he's sitting there waiting. All right, 9,998, 9,999. Too late. And then we feel like, man, we didn't do enough for what happened. We didn't, we didn't do. But it was this prayer of just of trying to change the heart of God rather than simple prayers of saying, God, what's your heart in this? Let's just pray through this. God, what do you want to reveal? What do you want to show? And oftentimes he's going to show something um, through his word with us and Lincoln. We began to pray and he just showed us one scripture verse that, that bound up fear in our lives. Didn't allow fear to be the door that the enemy was coming through anymore and boom, shut that door. And our, you know, there was, we, ex, we experienced the walk with Jesus through that journey and, and we got to see incredible things. As we pray together corporately, as looking at the Word of God, uh, I, I see a couple, a couple thoughts. I just want to leave you with two. Number one, Acts chapter one, Jesus, he's leaving his disciples. He says, hey guys, I'm checking out of here, so I want you guys to stay in Jerusalem. Do not go anywhere until you have the promise of, of the Father. Don't go anywhere until you have Holy Spirit because you, you're not doing this without him. You can't. So they say, okay, we're going to stay here. And what does it say they do in verse 14? It says they go into an upper room. They hang out together with one, one thought in mind. They got there to spend that time to say, we just want to get single focused of, God, what are, what are you wanting to do? They didn't know what that was going to look like. They had no idea what was going to happen when Holy Spirit or the promise of the Father came on them. But it says they just prayed. And as they were praying, as we know the story in Acts where it says the, the Holy Spirit came on them. And uh, it, it says out of that, they were endued with power. And they went out and they were different guys than when they were in there. Beforehand, they were different guys and they were in there. It says that, you know, even in that spot that they were um, offering prayers, just says, God, what are you doing with our church? <laughs> you just decided to start the church, and now you left. What are you going to do? You know, we had 12 guys. Judas is gone. Now what do we do? So they just prayed. They said, God, we got two guys. They're both kind of good guys. We just don't know which is the one. God, what do you want for this church? What do you want for us? They could have just said, oh, we like him better. Oh, he's got more money. He looks better. He's going to vote yes more often on the board. Um, well, let's go with him. So he just prayed and said, God, who is it? You show us. And the Holy Spirit just revealed who would be a part of that church, a part of that team of leadership. Single focused. But again, just praying, God, what's your heart? Acts chapter 12, leave you with this thought. In Acts chapter 12, Peter had been arrested, been kept in prison with the purpose and intent that they were going to kill him. <laughs> they put four squads of soldiers around him, which is bigger than three squads. There's a lot of guys. And they're there to make sure that this man doesn't leave prison. It says in Acts chapter 12 that they had that, that constant prayer, constant prayer um, was being offered for Peter. Constant prayer, the word that's talking about it says that they were praying to God and it was a set place of prayer. They set up a place where they were going to pray for Peter constantly, never ending, just always around the clock praying for Peter. Um, and so they had this set place. Guess what? It doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us what they were praying. It just says they were just praying for Peter praying for him, just continually putting petitions before God for Peter and saying, hey, God, we want to know what your heart is. You say, well, they were probably praying that he was going to set free, be set free from prison. I would beg to differ because as you find out later on well, uh, in, in the story, it's probably not what they were praying for. They were probably praying, God, give him strength there because you know what? Jesus had promised them prison. 
So they're not praying, God, take all the bad stuff out of my life. He had promised that they were going to end up in those places. So they're praying, okay, God, what's your will in this? You got Peter. He's our boy. You got him in prison. What's your plan? God, reveal in our hearts. Please strengthen Peter. Give him the, the, the grace and strength that he needs as he feels every whiplash. God, may that pain, may you uh, just cause that to, to dissipate. May you give him opportunity to share the gospel with the people who have imprisoned him. May your kingdom come. May your will be done through this situation. May it continue to happen. I believe that's what, what they were praying because it says that as they were praying, all of a sudden, Peter, middle of the night, angel comes up and says, like, hey, Peter, wake up. Peter wakes up. He's chained to two guards on each side. Those chains drop off his hands. As he stands up and says, come on, come with me. Shh, be quiet, be quiet. They start walking. He says, as they walk through the four squads of soldiers, the gates of the prison door open. The inner cell where he is open. Peter walks through with the angel. He says, as they keep going, he says, they get to the gates of the prison. As he's there, he says, the doors just open in front of him. He walks on through those doors. He runs to the edge of town where this whole is a prison town. It says those doors open. He walks through those doors. And where does he go? The Bible says that he goes to Mary's house. If I was there, I'm getting as far away from there as possible. But he goes to Mary's house. And he says he's not going there to stay. We find out that he leaves later, but he goes there because he knows that that's where a prayer meeting is happening. He goes to the place where people are praying for him. Uh, He knows that that's going to be happening because it was probably something that they constantly did. So he goes to this place of prayer. He knocks on the door. Rhoda, this little slave girl, up in the middle of the night. I don't know why, but she answers the door. And she looks at the door and she's like, whoa, it's Peter. Slams the door, runs back to the prayer. He's like, Peter is at the door. He's free from prison. And they're like, Rhoda, we're praying for Peter. No, 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 Peter's at the door. He's set free from prison. Rhoda, come on. Girl, if you lost your mind, it can't be Peter. But we're praying for Peter. He's at the door. And they're like, okay, listen, shh, just be quiet. She's like, I, I, okay, fine. But she can't help herself. She saw Peter's at the door, which tells me something. They go, they check the door. Okay, Rhoda, we'll go check the door. It's probably his angel. But, you know, whatever. They open the door, there's Peter. And it says they are astonished. What are you doing here? Which tells me they probably weren't praying, dear Lord, please set Peter free from prison. He's free! Yes! There's no celebration. There's like, what the heck happened? Why aren't you in jail? So many times we think it's got to be that right prayer. If we just have that right prayer of faith, if we pray, it doesn't matter. If you're praying and saying, God, I'm in this spot just to know your heart, as he leads and directs, he begins to work through what he's doing, and you begin to see what happens in, uh, in lives all around him. Why? Because it just we're just saying, God, we're seeking the heart of the Father. Let, your, let, let that be revealed. Well, it was revealed that he was going to be set free from prison. I believe, again, for us, we're called to pray. Not called to pray just to say, hey, we're going to drop little messages uh, to God, but to say, let's seek the heart of what God wants for us as a church. Kingsway, let's be the people that say, you know what? We're, we're, we, we are tired with um, prayer that is powerless. We want to know our God. Like Daniel eleven thirty two says, the people that know their God, they do mighty exploits. I just don't want to be in the side and you say, well, what's it matter? I'll tell you what it matters. Outside in every home around this place are people who don't know Jesus. There's people out in all those places who are lives are consumed and blinded by an enemy that's been doing this for 6,000 years. He knows what he's doing. There's things that, you know, say we could try and do it in our own power and say, we're just going to have a spot. We're going to go knock on every door every single Sunday and drag them to church no matter what they like, look like. And, you know, we're going to just tell them whatever we think. We'll tell them they're going to hell if they, don't, if they don't get saved. We can try and do stuff in our own power. But you know what? All it takes is one word that they know was not from these people. They had no idea, but God knows, to speak into their life just because we, like, know the heart of Father in it. He's calling us to that. He's calling us to relationship. He's calling us to that walking with God. Just spending the time, uh, set time, and then rifle shots. Set time and rifle shots. Say, 
you're in the spot where I kind of probably find myself in that I'm not real good at that whole idea of spending an hour in prayer at a time. I'd encourage you to spend five minutes. Guaranteed, the enemy's going to try and attack that five minutes and get you distracted by, dear God, I forgot to put the laundry in the dryer. You know, dear, dear God, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm going to have breakfast. I'll pray at breakfast. I'll pray for my food. Just say five minutes. Commit to it. Set it. Say, God, I'm just here just to know your heart. just want to know your heart. Uh, and, and praying through that, having that openness. So tomorrow, you know, today is, today is teaching. Tomorrow's lab. <laughs> tomorrow's a chance where you just get to come, be a part of it, and say, God, teach me how to pray. That's why, we're, that's why we're getting together tomorrow night. Maybe we'll do it the following Monday. Maybe we won't. But tomorrow night, we're going to be here to pray. Lord, teach us. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to understand and know, know your heart.